Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Ciao ragazzi. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and this is the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. Today's Thursday, and we've started a new slot, 6 p.m., as you've seen with the Ambassador's Corner, because things were getting dark out there, and people were not hanging, were patient as much. So we decided to move to the 6 p.m. We'll see how that goes. Today, at the time of this call, it is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'd be remiss not to thank the dedicated team, including the Mod Squad of Ambassadors, like Andre today, Laika, the Clubhouse Manager, Joy, our Italian wine producer, blah, 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 blah. We've grown by leaps and bounds. I was just looking at the, the stats today. The past couple of months, um, I might surprise you with some figures next time. And this room has contributed a great deal. So thank you um, to all those who have participated as a speaker and listeners as well. By the way, uh, we got our Insta back. Thank you all for writing, reporting to Instagram. Uh, we did get our account back. So thank you, thank you so much, everyone, for helping us and supporting us with that. Today's call is already our 19th installment of the Ambassador's Corner series on Clubhouse. You know the drill by now. This room will be recorded and maybe replayed on the Italian Wine podcast. We're getting a lot of, lot of traction. A lot of the Ambassador Corner series is, are in fact the popular pods. So got my roadcaster today. I'm still at the office drinking my Vernaccia, uh, the Oristano. The quality of the recording should be decent today as I love to share today's call with many listeners as possible. And for all the listeners out there from both here at Clubhouse and Italian Wine Podcasts, as usual, I would like to, uh, I've got a small ask. You must know that what we do here at Italian Wine Podcasts is absolutely a labor of love for me, Joy Laika, and the entire gang, including the Italian Wine Ambassadors. So if you can give a thumbs up to the Italian Wine Podcast and rate our podcast wherever you get your pods, we'd really, really appreciate that. And if you'd like to make a small donation, we would really appreciate that as well. Now on to the show. So today, Andre, ciao Andre. Buonasera. Buonasera, ciao, buonasera. Ciao, ciao. Come stai? Tutto bene, tutto bene. Everything so, is great. Yeah, so Andrea will be the co-moderator co today. How do you say your name? Bacchilins? Andres Bacchilins? Sometimes you call yourself Andrea. You, you get me all confused. Uh, it's because it's uh, Russian name is Andre, but I am living in Latvia. So in Latvia, we uh, already add S. So my... My uh, surname is Batkilin, but uh, by Latvian, and because my passport is Latvian, Batkilins. So Andrei Batkilins or Andres Batkilins or Italian friends told me uh, Andrea, so it's <laughs> up to you. 
Yeah, so Andrea um, is a Andreas is a wine writer and owner and scholar of Prosecco and Lambercusco Wine Club in Latvia, actually, which is, of course, very popular. In 2018, um, he obtained the um, WSET Level 2, and immediately he became an Italian wine scholar. And um, most importantly, I have to say, he is now a bona fide Italian wine ambassador for Vinitaly International Academy with the flagship. He's been very, very, although he's very... Um, it's been very short that we've met Andres. He's been a very active member of the community. And he, you're giving actually um, Slavic a run for his money in terms of uh, listens for the Italian Wine Podcast. So we'll we'll talk about that another time. So as you know, Andre, I always ask why you've selected Tenuta di Capezzana. I know you, we have two guests today. I see Beatrice and also uh, Pierpaolo and Filippo, three three guests actually. Um, why did you choose Tenuta di Capezzana as your favorite producer? Oh, first of all, Stevie, because I like uh, the wines. And Good then, start. Uh, Good answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I must say that we know each other from a, a long time. And of course, many times I have been the guest. Uh, I also was uh, several times a guest of Philippe, who was very welcoming from the, our first meeting to invite me to his family lunch together with uh, his niece, Serena, and the older brother, Giovanni. And uh, during this lunch, we tasted uh, many of uh, the wines of new vintages, but uh, also some old vintages like Villa Capizzano 1989, that we tasted the last time, December 2019, right before the start of this pandemic. Oh my goodness, why didn't you call me, Andre? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You it forgot was... to call me. <laughs> it okay. al always was like an accident. Right, And right. Uh, yes, by the way, Tenuta Capitano was the first state I visited uh, last June, right after I became the Italian wine ambassador. So with uh, Pier Paolo, we made a really big trip with uh, the old land uh, rover among the vineyards. Okay. Uh, but the more important thing, the reason of my choice is to talk uh, again and again about the wine region of Carmignano itself. Since we are talking about one of the most oldest, of the most old, yeah, the oldest wine production place in, 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 in Tuscany or in Italy, from an Etruscan uh, time, and it's very important uh, historic zone which is still in the shadow because maybe it's because it's small. It's really small. Maybe it's smallest appellation of Tuscany if we are talking about DOCG, and uh, because we are talking about one of the four Tuscan wine zones that was included in historical edict called Bando approved by Grand Duke of Tuscany, Cosimo Terzi de' Medici, in 1716, that making its first officially delimited and protected appellation in the world. Oh my goodness. So to, already in 18th century, together with Chianti, Pomino, 
and uh, Valdardo di Sopra, Carmignano was named, named as a Tuscan zone of superior wine quality. Excellent. That, so that's the reason. Yes, that sounds good to me. I, I, I can understand. Andre, so what are the learning objectives? You know that I'm obsessed about learning objectives, right? What are the learning objectives that we should expect from your, your call today with the Tenuta di Capezzana? Okay, uh, we are should find out why this zone was named among the best in Tuscany from the 18th century. This is the first subject. And the second, why the wine? Especially speaking about uh, the Capizzana state flagship wine, Villa Capizzana. Uh, why this wine has a, such a huge aging potential? Because Sign, uh, till now in the cellar, there is a bottles from 1925, 1931, that are still alive and in great condition. And Jensen Robinson could uh, say that it's true, according to your taste. Okay, great. Alrighty, so then I'm going to um, give you the floor, give you the mic. And you can take this away. I just wanted to say hello also to Beatrice. I haven't seen her in a while. Ciao, Beatrice. Ciao, Stevie. How are you? Andrea, I'm going to leave it up to you. And I'm just going to grab my drink. I'll just be here, but I'll be silent. Okay? Okay. Take it away. Okay. So um, I'd like to introduce uh, my guest. It's Felipe Beatrice Contini Bonacossi. Uh, they, they are the fourth generation of uh, Contini Bonacossi big family that managing this uh, family company together with the fifth generation and the icicles, the sixth generation on the way. Let's start uh, from the beginning. And uh, my first question, could you make an introduction of your land, uh, its history, the main historic dates and events? And uh, first of all, where is Carmignano? Uh, Capezzana is a very, has a very, very old history. Actually, the name Capezzana come from Capitus. There was a soldiers, a veterans at the time of Caesar. And uh, our sister, uh, Sandra, she found a very interesting document in the archive in Florence, which is a document, it's a parchment written in Latin, and it's where they describe Capizzana, the same kind of farm is today with wine production and over, uh, olive oil production. So we're talking about over 1,020 years. But the very important time, as Andre said before, was during the Medici time because uh, the area of Carmignano, we are northwest of Florence, so in the north part of Tuscany, the, um, it, because it was during the Medici time that they actually, the Medici, they were living in our area, in the area of Carmignano in the summer. When it was getting too hot in Florence, they were actually moving. So this is the reason why in Carmignano there are many Medici villa, and we own two. One is Villa di Capezzana, and the other one is the Villa di Trefiano. And their property was actually surrounded by a wall called Barco Reale, which is the name of our young Carmignano. And uh, it was, um, which was the wall that was surrounding the property where the Medici family were going to hunt and where they were produce uh, wines and olive oil. So they, it was like a kind of uh, their wine. So, and it was a wine that even at that time could travel very well. 
Um, that's why it was like a, a wine that they were giving to people, you know, to the, to the different court in Europe, because it was a wine they could travel. And uh, so this is a very, um, then after the Medici, we got many different owners and uh, my, our family bought it in 1922 from the Franchetti Rothschild and uh, our great grandparents, Alessandro and Vittoria, they were art collectors and uh, art dealers and they went to Spain and they lived there for a while and then when they came back to, to Italy they bought this uh, Capezzana because they wanted, they were looking for a kind of a chateau, uh, they were looking for a place where wine could age well so as soon as they saw Capezzana they fall in love, they bought it and um, you know they, they were art collectors as you may know, um, they they actually gave a beautiful collection to the Uffizi Gallery in Florence, which is now is at the Uffizi Gallery, and also a beautiful house, which is the Congress Palace of Florence, which is called Villa Vittoria. So collecting the painting and ceramic and furniture and um, statues, they start to collect wine. So we are very proud and very happy to have actually bottles back, as Andres said, back to 1925. And um, even during the Second War, when Capezzana was um, occupied by the Germans, um, they were able to save the bottle. As you know, in many places around Europe, uh, the Germans used to come and drink all, all the wine. So they, were, uh, they knew that something was going to happen, that they could occupy Capezzana. So they moved all the older cellar into another cellar and they plastered one wall in the, in the cellar. So they were able to go back uh, in business. And after my, our great-grandparents, uh, our grandfather, Augusto Alessandro, uh, got in charge. It was during the sharing cropper. It was actually our father, Ugo, that was uh, um, moving the, the, the winery from the sharing crop to the uh, you know, modern uh, agriculture. And uh, I, 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 in the late uh, 70s, our brother, Vittorio, uh, I'm talking about brothers and sisters. You have to understand that we, we were seven children. So Filippo is number seven, I'm number six, and this brother was number three. And then we have a sister, the Benedetta, that she's been working with us, and she's a winemaker. And now we also have the fifth generation, as Andres said. Okay, okay, I see. Actually, I, I should to introduce you. First, because I, 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 throw, I never met you in person, and uh, I just uh, met Filippo and met, okay, and several other members. But uh, yes, you're sister of Filippo, and your father is a uh, Conte Ugo Cantini Bonaposi, mm -hmm. who was a really true great person of your region. By the way, how much uh, now the number of members of your large family? Do you know? At the moment, we are uh, f uh, three of us. Unfortunately, our brother Vittorio passed away. So we is now uh, Filippo, uh, myself, and Benedetta, the winemaker. And now we have the fifth generation. Um, Vittorio's uh, children, Serena, that you met, she's in charge yeah. of hospitality. And she does the back office for the, sh for the um, uh, shipping. 
and a logistic, more the logistic side. And Gardo, her brother, is, he took over his father's job and is in charge of the vineyards. And uh, I'm, sh I'm sure Filippo, I I'm in charge, I mean, you know, I do the, that's probably the reason why you never met me, because I'm usually all around the world, traveling around and promoting, that's why I, I saw Steve in a different part around the world. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing more sales, and um, so I'm, I'm traveling a lot. And uh, Filippo, okay, yeah, you know him, and um, he, you know, maybe what he can introduce himself and tell us what is, uh, what, what he does in Capezzana. Uh, but as we know, the Medici family, the Medici family were the Grand Duke of Tuscany. But uh, how your family became the owner of the wine, of the one of the oldest winery in Italy? Uh, because they, our great-grandparents um, wanted to, 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 um, to find a kind of a chateau and they fall in love with Capezzana and they, they bought it in 1922. Uh, our great-grandparents were really wine lovers and while they were you know living in Spain they were going some you know once in a while in France and uh, so seeing the different chateaux so they when they decided to go back to live in Italy they decided to buy a, a winery they look a little bit like a, a, a chateau yes <laughs> next question could you tell us about the Carmignano DOCG as a appellation its main rules, grape variety that's approved and made the nomination. That's your wine. So, as I said before, Carmignano has been on like a, a kind of DOC since you said 1716 from the Bando, Grand Duke, you know, the, from the Grand Duke Cosimo III. And, um, but then they, during the, um, the this, um, between the, the two words, words, the, the, the Carmignano was incorporated into the bigger area of Chianti and was actually our father that in 1975 asked to have the DOC back, which was given straight away because such of the whole history, starting with the 69 vintage. And in 1990, he asked to have the DOCG, which was dated from the vintage uh, 88. Uh, today, Carmignano is the, is the smallest DOCG in Tuscany, as you said. Uh, we are only 12 uh, producers, actually only 11 in the consortio, and uh, so which is a nice part, you know, being a small area. Only, I, I guess, is only 220 hectares, so it's very, very, very <laughs> tiny, very small. And we are small, but we have right important page of uh, history of a wine in Italy, uh, because uh, Carmignano project born with Medici families, that was a uh, very important families in financial. He gave money at the most important family around Europe, uh, also to the Pope have uh, money from uh, these, uh, these big families. And you want to have a wine that was ambassador of, a, of Tuscany. At the time, at the end of the Renaissance, it was very hard to move uh, the, the wine from the origin place because uh, we don't have uh, bottles. Uh, the best agronomy of the time tried to produce a wine to be able to ship. And he understand that to work around the structure of the wine. And uh, so more alcohol, more polyphenols. Uh, so. 
he experimented also um, some grapes that came from other country. Try Timpranillo from Spain, Alicante from Spain. But uh, uh, that was with uh, the grapes that came from France that we have uh, was uh, the best husband from Sangiovese. It's called Uva Francesca and it was uh, uh, Cabernet Franc and uh, it was uh, the Queen Caterina uh, that uh, was always rule on the France and was uh, in, uh, of the same Medici families that uh, give these, these, uh, these, these grapes. And Carmignano grapes was the first wine that was produced in Toscana without, without, without white grapes. And, uh, and so we be able to produce uh, a very big wine with a big structure, good color, uh, with a very elegance and with good, very balance. And uh, was the first wine that go around on the world. It's been the first wine that arrived in the USA during uh, uh, Jefferson president, uh, a very important man that was Filippo Mazzei, that was uh, uh, in big contact with the Grand Duke of Toscany, Leopoldo, going uh, the USA like ambassador, introduced this wine. And all the people love this wine because uh, it's very suitable to drink, uh, it's big structure, easy to understand. And uh, we'd have uh, be able to uh, aging very, very, very long time. But I want uh, to make one uh, note. It's really true what you said about Cabernet Franc, because time to time I see very in mistake, let's say, that very important to clarify that uh, in 16th century, uh, Caterina brought the Cabernet Franc. Mm -hmm. Time to time, in some uh, articles, yes. we could see the name is Cabernet Sauvignon, but it was it's impossible because Cabernet Sauvignon was born in 17th century as a crossing of Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc. So it's uh, you know it's very often such, such a mistake about your region. Yes, it's true. It's true. Uh... Okay, next question. Uh, let's speak about your terroir because it's a main player that affects your wine, and especially as I told you in the beginning, that uh, your wine has a really amazing engine potential. So, what is your terroir? Tell us in some details how it's helped your wine to be so long living. Terrari was known from century and century, uh, like uh, you introduced before the grapes arrived from Etruscan times, 2,500 years ago. And uh, is a, a, a little piece of Tuscany. We are located on the north side of Montalbano, and this uh, hill that gently climbing down from the Montalbano through the plain of uh, of uh, uh, of Florence uh, have uh, the more different exposition. Our soil born from the sea, and is a complex soil, is chaotic soil, and it was origin from uh, undersea uh, heart slave, 
uh, and so it's not only different between vineyard but vineyard but also in the same vineyard we can find some part that baroque is galestro another part is uh, alberese in some parts we can find some green clay in other is yellow clay and uh, and in some part we can find some bubbles and from this uh, fantastic biodiversity of yeah. our soil bore this wine that is uh, very different from other part of Tuscany. In front of us, there is uh, the Apennino mountain, and uh, that uh, at the sunset created a fresh breeze that came from mountain, and so we have a big excursion between night and days, and this helped a lot uh, the grapes to, to have a, a very good uh, concentration. And uh, so it's a, it's a little piece and also is uh, is soil that is very rich, uh, rich of minerals. And uh, so is very sapidity of, of the wine. Yeah. This is the reason we were allowed also to start organic farming in 2008. We only asked a certification a little bit later. So we only asked, got the certification in 2015. And, um, and recently, in 2013, we started also to only to use our own yeast, which is something very important that you may uh, talk a little bit about, Filippo, the, the, our natural yeast. Yes, uh, I'd like to, to tell also some organic uh, bio-wine. The bio, it isn't only a process to respect some uh, protocol of uh, uh, product that you can utilize. Is, is something more, is a philosophy. We want to uh, save our soil for the next generation and want to be, create more complexity in the system vineyard. So the uh, normal agriculture have a, have a philosophy to take away so and set aside, you kill the good insect and also the bad insect. Uh, you utilize a chemical product uh, that destroyed the microorganism in the ground. And uh, while uh, with, uh, with uh, uh, bio uh, agriculture, we make, uh, we in, make more complex. Uh, we uh, occupied the place, the space uh, of a vineyard. And this is very important because we have a good insect, you have a good uh, microorganism that uh, have uh, taken away the place uh, of the moles of uh, bad insect. So it's a philosophy to, that you can find also this complexity of, of, of a system vineyard, you, you find also, also in, uh, in, in the glass. And because uh, I may have asked of the tissue, the, the natural, natural yeast, uh, natural yeast, uh, yes, of course. Uh, we want to utilize just our yeast at the beginning of a, of a, uh, of a season of a, of a season vintage. Uh, we Perfect. make a, 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 a cover of a, a start of with our yeast, we put to the university in Florence uh, for to know that is good history and this is very important because uh, 
uh, every seller have particular hist, and uh, this give more typicity of uh, of uh, at the wine. So my hist is different of the seller that is very near from here, because the hist that uh, are du using during fermentation is not born on the grapes, but is survival in the in the cellar, and uh, so. To, we have a very good yeast, and uh, and uh, we can have uh, also in the last year that we have uh, a big concentration of sugar. We finish all all fermentation without uh, sugar uh, in this in the wine. So uh, we are very happy. Don't uh, utilize the uh, selection yeast because uh, our yeast uh, are very 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 good. Yes, yes. It's a really great story whether you have a natural, uh, really amazing terroir, but uh, also people help to nature to express yourself. Uh, actually, in this uh, case, maybe you tell us about your Diecianata uh, project, because it's uh, really as a result of your terroir and uh, as a... So the, really the, idea, the idea of the 10 years... Uh, was uh, started in 2006. So we wanted to show to our customer uh, the potential of aging of Villa di Capezzana Carmignano. So instead of keeping like three, 400 bottles for our private reserva, we decided to start to keep 3,000 bottles and release this vintage 10 years after the vintage. So in 2016, which was also the anniversary of the 300 years of uh, Carmignano, UCG, we released 2006. So every year we release a new vintage. And uh, this year, for example, of course, we have 2011. And this uh, wine comes in a really beautiful uh, wood box. And the cover is a poster from the 1920s, some, some from the 1920s, some from the 1930s. And here again, our great-grandparents, they had some uh, graphic designer. And uh, so we, we've been changing every year for the first six years, this poster. And um, is a, is a, is a project that has been doing very well. And I think it's been helping a lot to understand that Carmignano, you can drink in young, but you can drink it also in, uh, after 10, 20, 30, uh, 70 years as you tasted. Yes. yes, never too young and never too old. Our wine that you can wait a little bit, give you great satisfaction. And we want that our customer have the possibility to taste a wine after 10 years that is the right moment to drink our, our Carmignano. And I, I want to tell you that this idea was a Beatrice idea. For in, in my opinion, I'm more financial, uh, and I was uh, uh, not so happy to 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 to, to aging so many bottles, uh, take away and uh, introduce on the market after a very long time. But uh, now we are very very happy of this idea, and uh, we are going to increase. Uh, the number of a bottle to introduce because everybody likes to have this wine. And this is also this project also yeah. help people, you know, the uh, you know the our clients, our the restaurants, 
because they can start to have uh, uh, more than one vintage on the wine list. So this is something very important too. And um, uh, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a project. The Villa di Capezzana, by the way, is 80% Sangiovese, 20% Cabernet Sauvignon. And just to go back a little bit of what Carmignano and the blends, for the law, there is a Sangiovese from 50 to 90%. And the Cabernet, they could be Cabernet Franc or Cabernet Sauvignon, is from 10 to 20%. So today, Carmignano is the only DOCG where we have to blend Cabernet with the Sangiovese. As you know, you, you are now allowed in Chianti too, but in Camignano, it's really a must. And uh, yes. so this, this is very important. This is what makes Carmignano different from all the other wines in, uh, in Tuscany. Yes, yes, yes. You have uh, actually one great uh, big connection with Bulgari region, because uh, as in Bulgari, as a Carmignano, 100% Sangiovese couldn't be DOC. So only Toscana EGT. Exactly. So my question, let's speak about your Sangiovese. Okay. I know you, you're one of the, your main wine is Ugo Cantini Bonacossi, 100% of Sangiovese. But could you please explain us how this variety express yourself in Carmignana and from the practical point of view, what's the difference between Sangiovese in your region and uh, Sangiovese, Chianti Classico, Brunello, Marema? Now, the, the Sangiovese, I, I think we have to, to, to remember what Filippo said about the, the terroir, about the climate. So uh, the special climate make very, very elegant wine and uh, long-lasting wine. And uh, Sangiovese, I'm, uh, you know, we, we, we named this wine after my, our father, Ugo Contini Monacosti. We start to make this wine the first vintage in 2013. It's a very tiny little production. It's uh, less than 5,000 bottles. Usually it's around 4,000 bottles. And uh, we did not produce 14 vintage. And uh, so at the moment we have a 13, 15, 16, and then the, you know, the more vintage coming out on the market soon. And uh, it's, it's a wine that, you know, is a, it's, it's, it's different. It's definitely different from the, from the Sangiovese from Brunello because the climate is different, because the soil is, is different. And um, so I think this is a, you know, the, it comes from a very beautiful vineyard. Maybe Filippo, you want to say something about this Viticiana that it was, uh, you know, it, yeah, our yes. father's favorite vine, uh, vineyard. So we decided, that's why we decided to make this wine out of these uh, five hectares of uh, Sangiovese vineyards. Yes, there is two big families of Sangiovese. One uh, with a uh, uh, big uh, bunch that came from Romagna and, uh, and another that is uh, more little uh, that came from Lamole. Um, all this uh, Sangiovese was introduced in Tuscany uh, one, two thousand years ago. It seems that it was uh, uh, a, a variety that came from uh, Chile Giolo and uh, uh, another uh, meridional uh, 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 Aglianico Rosa. Uh, and, uh, uh, in our in our area, there is more the Sangiovese of Lamole, 
we have also some our selection, our muscle selection. And so with the muscle selection is a family, it isn't a clones. And it's, it's very important because uh, this, this, uh, this selection have the memory of your story, of your microclima, of your vintage, past vintage. The, the plant have a, a wonderful system to evolution and we can switch on or switch off some part of genoma uh, to adapt of a particular climb where we live. The animal can uh, go away while uh, the, the plant can moving. So have this uh, 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 fantastic uh, uh, evolution system. It's called phenotypo. And uh, Viticiana is a, is a name that in the name of, of, of the place, uh, remember the vineyard. And uh, when uh, my father decided to plant in this area, there is a lot of lovely olives plant. I love olives and was very sad to take away. So we cut more than 2,000 plants that we have our plant in another part of, of the farm. And a very good exposition. He gone from south southeast and uh, arrived to uh, east, uh, east uh, exposition. All the vineyard has, uh, are some road that uh, um, Interru uh, the, uh, interrupt uh, the lines of the vineyard with, uh, and it take away the water to reduce uh, uh, soil erosion. Uh, and uh, it's a very, very beautiful place. Uh, and uh, we are very satisfied, satis great satisfaction because uh, the, the place is fantastic. Uh, and now we know like this place was called Viticiana. Uh, my father said that between olives and olives, uh, in the past were both the vineyard, then the vineyard is died, they survived just, uh, just uh, the, the, the olives. But is one of the best exposition, one of the best uh, uh, vineyard that we have uh, in, 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 in Carmignano, in, uh, in, not only in Capizzano, but in Carmignano and uh, give these uh, very, very elegant wines uh, with uh, sweet tannin, complex tannin, that is very drinkable. And uh, we have at the moment uh, uh, just uh, free vintage 2013. We jump 2014 that it isn't uh, enough uh, good uh, vintage to produce our crew. And then we have 2015 and 2016, and we are going to jump maybe also 2017. And the wine is very concentrated, uh, very beautiful, powerful, more violet of the noise, uh, and uh, very long in your mouth, uh, uh, very long in your palate. Uh, and uh, I, I believe that it's been the best system in memory of our father that has been uh, one of important men in uh, Italian viticulture. He received also in Venn Italy uh, can grande uh, awards that uh, just uh, one people every year can receive this, this, this important award. 
And I, I remember my father very, very happy. And uh, so uh, we, are very, we, we want uh, that uh, this wine will be one of the greatest uh, Sangiovese in Tuscany. This is our objective. Uh, our challenge. Let's talk about uh, your another great wine, great dessert, Vinsanto di Carmignano. Actually, uh, the short story of uh, our first meeting and how I found out you. How, uh, it was in 2015 uh, when I visited my friends in Florence and I have a really short uh, period for, for, for doing nothing. So I decided to visit any winery that uh, very could be close to the city, to the Florence. And so I just uh, opened Google Map and uh, started to, 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 to search. And I Google Map showed me Tinuta di Capizzano. And after short uh, exploring, uh, I, I, I found out that Jovin Santo has a really crazy high scores and a lot of uh, awards and they call it one of the best dessert wines of Italy. But <laughs> Yes, actually we also got three times from the International Wine Challenge in London the best sweet, the best sweet wine of the world. So even last year, the 13th, we got a minute, 2011 vintage. And this is, we, I, I must say that we have to thank our sister Benedetta. She's really the, the queen of Vinsanto. And um, we always joke to her that she's her fourth child because there is so much care behind this wine. You know, she's, uh, she goes in the vineyards when you do the harvest in the second week of September. And uh, we go with the with boxes, we only do one layer. We put some leaves under, we put, uh, and then we do one layer of grapes. And um, she doesn't want to put the the, bo the box in a, in the tractors because it's shaking too much. So we are using a van to bring the, the boxes back to the winery. Then we have a very very big rooms where we there are a lot of windows, and we, we build some uh, castle made with the cane mats, and we dry the grapes, we put the grapes there, and she's there to check how they, they, they put the grapes. And, um, and we dry the grapes from September until December, January, sometimes even, even February or March, it depends when they dry. And during all this time, she actually goes um, to the to the room like to, like nowadays uh, three times a day to check the humidity and the so if it's very um, if it, if it's dry and the weather is now is and windy she will open all the windows if it's getting a little bit humidity she will put close the windows and put the fans on and sometimes she's even if it's really really humid she will also uh, add the air conditioning so. We want to have the grapes drying perfectly. And um, so by the time we press the grapes, we, we put it in, in, a, in a Vincentaio. We make it in a very, very traditional way, like the farmer used to make it. So our barrel don't stay in a cellar, as many producers do, but we actually keep it under the roof, as the farmer used to serve in their attic. 
So we have these barrels, they're mostly chestnut, around 50 liters, some are a little bit bigger, 100 liters. And uh, some of them are, um, are also a mixture of four different kinds of woods as the farmer used to have. So there is chestnut, oak, marple, and cherry. We only mm -hmm. fill two thirds and, um, and we leave the wine under the roof. So there is this big, um, you know, cold when we put the wines there. So the, the fermentation starts very slowly when the summer arrives. And sometimes we have a second fermentation the summer after. So it's, um, it's a wine that, that doesn't really fo uh, follow any winemaking regulation. And uh, after seven years, uh, she starts to select the barrels that they're going to be bottled. And we do, we are allowed to put up to 15% uh, older vintage inside. So the blend usually takes two, three months, eh, Filippo, mm -hmm. that we have every, every week. She comes with a new tasting to, to decide which one is the blend. And uh, then, of course, we bottle is, is a small production. It's a huge room. So people think we make thousands and thousands of bottles. But at the end, we make around 5,000 of half bottles. And it's a Carmignano Riserva. And it's a DOC wine because, you know, as you know, Carmignano has a DOC of Viruspo, which is a rosé wine that we make. Mm -hmm a DOC of Barco Reale, which is like the young version of Carmignano, and uh, the Vinsanto. So Vinsanto, our Vinsanto is made mostly with Trebbiano, which I think Filippo will say a few things about this amazing Trebbiano that we have. It's not a normal Trebbiano, and a little bit of San Colombano. And the small bottles uh, probably call it Caratel. Yes, it's too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, is this area is very famous from very long time from Vincenzo in the uh, travel diary of the Grand Duke of Tuscany is right that the best Vincenzo is is done in the uh, Capezzana winery and another winery that now don't produce more wine that was uh, Poggio Banchieri that is very near in Quarrata I believe that uh, our microclime micro help a lot, Benedetta, to make a very, very good Vincent. And uh, I like that also Pierpaolo, that is our young expert manager, told something because he's a very, very brilliant people and he can explain in my, uh, our Pink Tribriano, I think Filippo, you said most of most of it, but I, I'd like to, to introduce myself. My name is Pierpaolo Guerra. Uh, I am the export manager for Tenuta di Capezzana uh, since 2009, actually. So it, it is almost three years that I've been working for Capezzana. Um, I used to work in the hospitality business in London. Uh, for three years. Um, I was a senior head waiter and then a wine buyer. And then I decided to come back to, to Italy to study enology at the University of Florence. And I finally got a job uh, uh, at Capezzana. And uh, since day one, I, I always felt like I'm part of the family. I think Beatrice and Filippo today explained very, very well what's Capezzana and uh, uh, talked uh, about our terroir and why we are so unique 
uh, and uh, about Trebbiano, regarding the Trebbiano Rosa, um, it's a Masale selection that uh, the Contini Bonacossi has been doing for uh, four generations uh, of a Trebbiano that has uh, grappolo spargolo, we say in Italian, uh, which means that the grapes are well divided one to each other. Um, uh, that helps very well the dehydration of the of the grapes um, to, uh, throughout the uh, dehydrating process. Um, and um, pink, it's pink, it's rosa, um, because during the maturation, the the grapes they they have these amazing shades of pink, starting from uh, straw yellow, going even almost a reddish uh, sort of, sort of color. Um, and uh, I, I would recommend to, to come to visit Capezzana uh, these days because until uh, February we have uh, the, the grapes which are uh, lining and dehydrating in, the, uh, in our castles, in the cane mats. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's something very special. Um, I think uh, Beatrice can, can uh, explain a little bit more about our hospitality we have an amazing white wine bar and also a bed and breakfast and uh, thank you very much for your attention yes we we have a you know we've been doing wine tour as andre said you know he's been there a few times uh, for many many years and uh, we started the agritourism uh, more than 30 years ago but just recently three years ago we restore and we now have uh, nine bedrooms uh, with a private bathroom, of course, air conditioning. And uh, about eight years ago, um, the fifth generation, which was my son and two brothers and two sons of Benedetta, they start this wine bar. It was the idea to make a place where uh, young people can drink wine. But they are, there is only wine, there is no any drink and uh, or cocktails and uh, this has been very good because you know it's a it's a place where you we, we we make very simple you know the toscan cuisine is very simple the most important ingredient is the olive oil and uh, we do produce olive oil as filippo said is is the olive oil man if benedetta is a vinsanto woman she is definitely the olive oil person we have 140 hectares so it's a quite a big production of olive oil that we we make and uh, the, the cuisine of the wine bar is very simple, you know, try to use uh, vegetable garden products as, as much as possible, or we just buy local things, you know, everything has to be from Tuscany and uh, organic, of course, being organic. And uh, so, and we also have a cooking school, which has been all uh, on for over 30 years. Our mother, she was a very good cook. She actually got the cover of the wine spectator 30 years ago and home, cook home cooking. And um, so we started like 35 years ago, the cooking school, and, um, and it's still on. So, you know, I, we really hope that you can come and, um, and join us and uh, have some experience at Capizzana. Yes, yes, it's a really great story. I'm really, really happy to meet you and uh, now to speak to you because uh, to, to see such a huge family that work together and uh, how generation by generation they develop the business and how you are remember all your members uh, by dedicated uh, the names to your its name to your new wines uh, so it's really amazing amazing and by the way speaking about your father may i ask the 
probably last question. I think you both started to work at the winery when your great father, called Uwe Contini Bonacossi, who is a really great uh, person in, in Italian wine history. And at that time, he was the head of your family company. Over the question, what uh, is the biggest uh, lessons or key you learned from him? That, you know, there is a really nice sentence that he used to say, and uh, which was um, a tradition, it's not a stature, but it's a ship that goes forwards. So, you know, we have to always try to improve ourselves and uh, to keep the tradition, but also moving. You know, if there is new technique, new things, we have to go forwards. And then he was a very humble person. You know, he was a very noble person, not because he was a count, but noble in, uh, in his, um, you know, inside. And um, so he was very, you know, we, he, was a, he wasn't the typical uh, um, father, you know, of many wine. You know, he was always very open to work. That's why we were four children working for him, you know, until a few years ago. And the grandchildren arrived to work with him because he was very open. He always, always listened to us. You know, if we have new ideas, he was always open to new ideas. So he, we learned, we definitely learned a lot. And, you know, he was also the, the guy that created the Ghiaia della Furba, that, you know, it was uh, the first Bordeaux blend made in 79 Tuscany. So he, he was a really like a, a, a nice person to work with. And um, so we we are you know we we are very try to to keep and go on as the you know his suggestion. I don't know, Filippo, if you want to add something. Yes, I try to explain English, and uh, one um, very big lesson that he leave uh, to everybody is uh, to put a limit of your desire and uh, you leave your present with happiness uh, you are uh, to put a limit out the things that you like and you, that you want to buy and i believe that is a this is a very good uh, good uh, system to to have a good life <clears throat> not you are to make to, to concentrate in your work and uh, it's better that uh, your work, you love your work, and uh, down everything with passion, with love. Uh, don't watch in your your watch when you are working, and uh, and I believe that everybody that's working in Capezzana have this lash, uh, this uh, this uh, big lesson, because uh, in our job to do the right job in the right moment you have a half cost and double result and i believe that he gave an example of life and uh, it was the respect of the other people everybody loves my my, my father and uh, if you want to receive respect you have you have to give respect and also the respect of the land, of your origin, and uh, also to want to, to try to do every, every year something more. And uh, you have to know that you never known enough. 
Uh, and uh, in, uh, in our job, he always told me, we have very few uh, experiences in, in your life. You have a big, a big, a very good lucky. You can have uh, 50 vintage. So you, your, uh, your eyes inside of, of, of your garden. Uh, listen, the people that have more experience of you make treasure of the of of the life of of the experience of the other people. And uh, now he's, he's he's been a very great great man. He, he's, he's talking uh, uh, around quality when uh, nobody other people uh, in Tuscany down here and uh, is for the first low production uh, 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 be careful of a particular uh, very clean in the cellar uh, we introduce uh, one of the first people that introduce uh, uh, a super Tuscan when this wine was table wines uh, he tried to aging uh, uh, also in Barrique, uh, introduced Barrique uh, in our farm in 1975. Uh, so it was uh, uh, a very in innovative, a, a good idea, a new idea. Uh, but uh, like my Beatrice told you, uh, looking also from the way that you are calm. Uh, where, uh, and so I... I I believe that we have very, very good lucky to have a man like this father. We have very friendly, and, uh, and also he was uh, give everybody of uh, of his son some space in uh, in, uh, in the winery. He respect. Uh, he gives some uh, uh, new idea, or uh, but uh, he give has a responsibility when also was. Uh, young and uh, Filippo could go yes. on and on yes. but I can see something you know we are almost like it's really great great story it's uh, really nice to meet you and uh, so probably we need to finish our conversation and that could be for next hour easily continue but now <laughs> we should start to, to to finish. Andrea, we are so waiting for you. thank you very much. Yes, I really, really, really want to come back to Tuscany and to Carmignano and to Capizzano. We open some yes. good so bottles me, together. Yes. <laughs> Ci vediamo a presto. A bene, ti aspettiamo. Un abbraccio. So thank you. Thank you so much. Hold on one second. Hold on. Can you hear that? <laughs> the applause. <Yes. laughs> Thank you so much, Filippo and Beatrice and Pierpaolo. Uh, what a humble story of this iconic family from Carmignano, which is probably, if not the smallest DOCG, I'm not sure. It's such a tiny place that often we do forget. I know there are many challenges, but thank you so much. We learned a little bit more. And Andre, thank you for bringing this story and the family to our community. Um, thank you for opportunity. We, yes. And we will be sharing this on Italian Wine Podcast. We'll let you know when it goes live. Um, and for the 
audience and everybody else, don't forget to come back next week, um, 6 p.m. Alessandra Boga will be the host um, ambassador and Marco Capri will be the winery. And then the week after that, we have Valeria Tennyson, who will be um, interviewing also Carolyn Walsh. Thank you so much, everybody. I have a few questions too, but didn't get a chance. Hopefully I can ask you these questions in person. I know you're very um, involved with the olive making and you're heavily involved also with the communication. So Philippa, I hope, I hope to meet you one day as well. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And what a nice message uh, from Filippo. Um, don't be so greedy. And that's a <laughs> happy good message Thanksgiving for... to all of you. And <laughs> okay, happy thank Thanksgiving. You. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. For you anytime. Bye-bye. Okay. A presto, Andrei. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin. Hi everybody, Italian Wine Podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year, and we all love the great content they put out every day. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People has become a big part of our day, and the team in Verona needs to feel our love. Producing the show is not easy, folks. Hurting all those hosts, getting the interviews, dropping the clubhouse recordings, not to mention editing all the material. Let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs. Head to ItalianWinePodcast.com and click Donate to show your love.